Well, business is a zooming. Business isn't booming. Business is zooming because Brennan Thompson is now officially an Oklahoma Sooner. That's right, Parker Thune. The worst kept secret in town for the past week is finally official. And Hayes Fawcett just, you know, just couldn't put it out while we were on the air yesterday. That would have been a nice help. That would have been fun to break live. But as soon as we're off the air at 6 p.m. right after that, uh, Brennan Thompson, the edit, rolls out. He is uh, joining OU and their wide receiver core, and it's not just speed. It is elite speed that OU is getting via the portal. Are we giving you credit as a secondary recruiter on yeah, that one? I think so. I mean, obviously, yeah. Jay Valai and Emmett Jones kind of get the majority of the credit there, having the primary relationships with Brennan and his family. But, I mean, hey, you successfully got Brennan Thompson on the pregame show at Yo Pablo on this very radio network on Saturday. 48 hours later, Brennan Thompson's committed. Coincidence? No, it's not a coincidence whatsoever. In fact, you know, I always tweet out from the ref account, guys who can recruit uh, whoever the primary recruiter was. <laughs> tweet out a I'll selfie. Just, I'll just tweet out a selfie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tweet out a selfie. No big deal. No, I, I think you got to be uh, excited about this one. I'm not going to sit here and think that he's your leading wide receiver next year, but he's got a very unique skill set, and his unique skill set is that – I mean, with track speed, he's probably going to be the fastest wide receiver that you have, and that's in a wide receiver room with guys like Andrew Anthony. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how they use Brennan Thompson because I, I think about Tyreek Hill, and I tweeted yesterday that Brennan Thompson ran a faster 100 meters. Uh, his PR in high school was 10.18, so he ran a faster 100 meters than Tyreek Hill ever did. Tyreek Hill's PR in high school was 10.19, so – I think about the way that Tyreek Hill was utilized initially when he got to the NFL versus how he's utilized now and how he's kind of evolved as a receiver. And by no means was I trying in that tweet to compare Brennan Thompson to Tyreek Hill. But that's Hill. how some took that it, That was huh? how some took it. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, stop reading, stop trying to read between the lines. But in Tyreek Hill, what you had was a guy that because of his size – or lack thereof, and his speed and elusiveness and his ability to create space, he started out as more of a slot guy until they realized, oh, shoot, he can just run past everybody. Oh, yeah. We're going to move him outside, and we're just going to let him run past everybody. So is that what Brennan Thompson becomes at Oklahoma? Because I don't think he's going to be a true slot player. With Drake Stoops in the slot and Gavin Freeman coming behind him, I don't know that there is space for Brennan Thompson to be the guy on the inside at Oklahoma. But if he is the same type of burner, if he can be the same type of burner that Marvin Mims was at Oklahoma the last couple of years, that Charleston Rambo was for a minute, that Hollywood Brown was uh, in his two years in the Crimson and Cream, if he can showcase – that type of field-stretching ability, then I do think he gets a share of a lot of the snaps on the outside at a certain point in time, even if that's not in the immediate future here in yeah. 2023. I think long-term, he's a guy that has an immense ceiling if he's utilized properly, and I, I know there are plenty that are speculating, that, well, maybe he just doesn't have – maybe he's not completely focused on football. Maybe he just wants to run track. I get the feeling that – 
the coaching staff at Oklahoma is going to impress upon Brendan Thompson that football has the potential to make him a lot more money in the long run than track? Oh, well, yeah. And, and, and in my extensive three-and-a-half-minute interview with Brennan on Saturday, <laughs> I'm very qualified to say this, I did not get the impression that uh, football is just kind of the sideshow right now. I, 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 in my three-and-a-half exclusive interview live on The Ref, I felt as if football is very, very important to the individual. Here's what, what I, I think, gathered. Here's what I think Brennan Thompson brings to the fold in 2023. In the immediate future at Oklahoma – he is a plug-and-play kick-and-punt returner, and he's not the only guy on the roster that can do that, right? Gavin Freeman can certainly do that. Peyton Bowen can do that. He's a guy that Jay Nunez specifically mentioned last week as somebody that has flashed in return reps early on here. But I think he has a special teams role, and I do think he sees situational snaps here and there, even with how deep Oklahoma's room is right now at wide receiver you get a guy with speed like Brennan Thompson's that is unparalleled on the roster right now at Oklahoma, you're going to find ways to work him. Yeah, and, and that's what I would guess, too. Um, I'm not going to predict that Brennan Thompson's a top three wide receiver this year. Um, I feel like, in a way, it could be s- similar to how Gavin Freeman was used in that, okay, Gavin Freeman's in the game, there's a chance this could be an end around. There could, there's just a chance that they're just going to give him the ball in space and see if he can make something happen. And I feel like that's going to be the case maybe with Brennan Thompson. I agree with you on the special team side, but not playing 35, 40 snaps a game or anything like that. A limited number of snaps and just get the ball in the open space, see how he uses his speed. And it's one of those things too, Parker, that early in the year – if he's making plays, then his role will expand. I, I, I think that that's kind of like if they get him in space, use his speed, make plays, and we'll see a larger role for him. Tunnel screens till the cows come home. Yeah, man. probably. That's, that's what you can do with a guy like Brennan Thompson. doesn't just have to be shots down the field. He's a dude that you just, you just find ways to get him the ball and get bodies out in front of him, create opportunities for him to operate in space, and that speed is going to make stuff happen. I saw Texas fans had uh, something to say about this last night, oh, or at least sure one did. of them. Which, by the way, is that the worst thing? Is it is the single worst thing that you can say to a guy playing college football right now? Is hey, I hope you tear your ACL in game one. Well, I, I mean, like, it, it's it's at least in the upper echelon of worst things that you could say to someone. Well, God. aside from your mom comments and or something like, I hope you die. <laughs> yes, yes. <sighs> Wishing an ACL Jeez. tear upon him. It's, it's the meanest thing that I think you can say. It's like, really? Uh, you, you hope he tears his ACL in game one? God. Uh, 405, uh, from the 405, Brennan Thompson is coming in to replace Andrew Anthony. Sorry, I just can't get on board with all you guys on Andrew Anthony. He's not uh, the answer, in my opinion, and I think once the season hits, it will become very evident why he left Michigan. Not impressed. I... Okay. Okay. I mean, look, that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. All I'm going to say is the returns on Andrell Anthony this spring have been incredibly impressive. Yeah. And it does not matter who you will talk to. You will not find a single person that is actually plugged into the OU football program that believes Andrell Anthony is just another guy in the wide receiver room. Now, it's one thing to flash in spring ball, and it's another thing to flash in fall camp. So maybe you're right. Maybe once Andrell Anthony hits the field in fall camp, it turns out that this was all just a flash in the pan, and he gets relegated to third or fourth on the depth chart. But 
for right now, man, there, there are people whom I trust, people around that team and around that program that have said, without question, Andrew Anthony has been the Sooners' most impressive wide receiver. I, uh, I, I think, like I was mentioning, top three wide receivers this year, I think Andrew Anthony's going to be in that group, and maybe even like top two wide receivers right now with Farouk, and we just got to see if Nick Anderson can stay healthy or not, but... You, you weren't impressed with Andrew Anthony because of what he did last year or what he didn't do last year or so far the spring, the spring game. I know he didn't make a ton of plays in the spring game, but which wide receiver did make a ton of plays in the spring yeah, game? Yeah, DJ Graham, and that was about it. Somebody in the 708 said, no, he's not entitled to, opinion, to that opinion. It's so dang dumb. Homie watched a spring game, and now Andrew Anthony is dead to him. <laughs> I love the hot takes after the spring game. Keep them coming on the text line, 405-651-3439. Was it Mike White saying that? Sounds like something he would say, or I'm sorry, would imply about Brennan Thompson and the uh, ACL injury in week one. That is something that dork Mike White would say, or as you said, imply. I I didn't say it. I may have have implied it, but I didn't actually say I wanted Brennan Thompson to get hurt in game one, but I implied it maybe. Jeez. What a clown. Uh, Brandon Thompson, first transfer from Texas to Oklahoma in over three decades. Paul Moriarty in 1990, the late Paul Moriarty, the last Longhorn to Sooner convert. So it's been a minute. Yeah. OU fans are cool with this one, I feel like. Yeah. Taking a player from uh, from Texas, It's he's not coming in with a uh, ton of hate, saying we don't want the guy, at least from what I have gathered so far. Less than 24 hours after the uh, acquisition here. If he doesn't do anything through four games, it, are there going to be people hitting the text line saying, why on earth did we well, waste a scholarship gonna, on Brennan they're Thompson? They're treating him like that texter was treating Andrew Anthony. Probably. It's probably what it's going to be. Uh, Peyton says, did you see the fine bomb clip saying he doesn't like OU's trajectory and doesn't think BV is going to work out? Peyton, I did not, but if you could DM me that, if you find it on social media, buddy, that would be uh, very, very much appreciated. But no, I did not hear that. And it's, look, I, fine bomb, um, I'm not, <laughs> he, he can say whatever he wants. I'm not going to take it too seriously. He is a guy that said before, I think. I think Nick Saban's done winning national championships. I think it's over at Alabama, only for Alabama to win a title the next season. So. I just I, I can't watch Feinbaum. I get distracted by the glare coming from yeah, the top of his head. It's true. And I, I think you also have to remember like he's a man that represents the SEC. Uh-huh. Like and and I gotta think that in that position, trying to represent the conference. They're going to throw as much shade as possible at OU and Texas of entering the league. Like, of oh, course. they're just if, there's no way that they're going to win here. I mean, we know the whole facade that, that's that, that's put up. Uh, and if if you're the SEC guy, right, and you're trying to appeal to your SEC base, what you're not going to do is talk up Oklahoma and Texas as the two programs that are going to waltz right into the SEC and raise hell. No. You're going to act as if they're also Rands that are going to be in over their heads once they get to the Because it's not going to be uh, – Maybe the case for Texas. Because I not going to be the case for Oklahoma. I don't think the SEC fan wants OU or Texas to roll in and win like 10, 11 games their first year. That kind of – I mean, I, I still think they'll be labeled as the best conference, but a conference like the Big 12 that they made fun of so for so long – 
and another team from the Big 12 rolls in there the first year and wins double-digit games, then <laughs> their narrative maybe uh, takes a hit a little bit. I don't know. Peyton says the Andrell Anthony hater is probably the same guy who saw a video clip of Desan McCullough from practice four and said he looks too skinny for edge and too tall and awkward to play safety. <laughs> Man, good news is there's a spot for guys that are too tall to play safety and too skinny to play edge. It's called linebacker yeah. and or cheetah. Uh, Kyle from Shawnee with Brennan Thompson in the fold. He can give us the ins and outs of the Texas offense. Hey, I can give you the ins and outs of the Texas offense. Quinn Ewers, giant question mark. Offensive line, I think they're optimistic. Running back, they're going to be very young. And wide receiver might be their best position group that they have. They're, they're pretty, I think they got a chance to be pretty good at wide receiver. Uh, from the 405, Devontae Lampkin transferred from Texas to OU. No, that's actually not true. The, was, the, was it the opposite? No. So he signed with Texas, requested a release right. from his NLI, and then enrolled at Oklahoma. So that was a situation with some nuance to it, but in the technical sense, no, Devontae Lampkin did not transfer from Texas to OU. Uh, I'm definitely not hating a guy who ran a 10-1-8. Yeah, I mean, th this is serious speed here. Um, I know someone who's like seen him kind of work out and run routes with quarterbacks, and it was it's not just that he's fast. Like when he gets to his top speed, he gets to his top speed like really, really quickly out of his break, which is more important, honestly, than anything. So, well, you know, you know, you know what you're getting here. It's 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 not fake. I just gosh, from the time that Brennan Thompson was a sophomore to the time that he graduated high school. Every so often, I'd see the track videos pop up on my Twitter timeline where he'd be running 100-meter or 200-meter sprints. And, you know, it's 3A in Texas, so his competition isn't necessarily elite. But Texas is a big state, and there are plenty of kids that can run. I mean, he's just toasting everybody. He's 10 strides ahead of everybody else by the end of most of these sprints that he'd run. Yeah. And that boy fast. Uh, one more from the 918. Tell me what you think about this. Paul Feinbaum is the SEC Stephen A. Smith. How, how, does, how does that sit? No. No, I don't think so. Paul Feinbaum isn't as much of a clickbaiter as Stephen <laughs> A. is. Paul Feinbaum has his takes. Some of them are asinine. Some of them age very poorly. But I don't think Feinbaum says things that are specifically designed to generate ratings, which is something that Stephen A. and Colin Cowherd and the like certainly do. I will give Fine Mom credit. I think if he says things, for the most part, he actually believes them, even if what he believes ends up being off base. 405-651-3439. Oh, you got a, or added a tight end today as well. What is this, their uh, second non-scholarship tight end that they've added so far this offseason? Uh, we'll tell you who he is and uh, look at some uh, OU recruiting as well, especially with Zion Kearney. Oh, boy, top 100 player. we got to talk about him a little bit more with the crystal balls coming in. Keep it locked in the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McCombus and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Ref Army listening nationwide. Farmington, New Mexico is tuned in. Round Rock, Texas. Cincinnati, Ohio. Blackfoot, Idaho, San Leandro, California. I think I'm saying that right. San Leandro, California. Salina, Kansas. I know I'm saying that one right. There you go. Bas Hometown of Brent Venables. Basking Ridge, New Jersey. 
and Broken Bow I'm rolling with as our uh, Oklahoma small town of the day. Acceptable. Yeah. KREF. Search it in the App Store. Listen to the ref wherever you're at on the go. Absolutely free. Okay, so uh, thank you for those of you that DM me on uh, Twitter for the uh, the whole Paul Feinbaum thing. Here's what he told on three. Quote, I have deep concerns for the trajectory of Oklahoma. I talked to a local columnist, and I did not get a good vibe from that program. <laughs> there, just, there just seems to be a concern that in the aftermath of Lincoln Riley, they can put the pieces back together quickly. That did tremendous damage. Not only did Lincoln Riley leave and take Caleb Williams with him, but it also took a line of other players out of there. No one is convinced that the Brent Venables hire is going to work. There's equally no one is convinced that it is not going to work. I know that sounds contradictory, but fans are tired of being in the middle, in quotes. I don't know if Paul intended to, but he kind of outed his source because there's only really one local columnist. Well, he, and he was on the show, I think, uh, a week or two ago, uh-huh. right? So I think that's where he's getting that from. Uh-huh. Text line, what do you think of that? You you agree with Paul since he's speaking for so many uh, OU fans on this one? Do you agree with the mouth of the South, Paul Feinbaum himself? That was, uh, that. yeah, it's like, well, no one there believes that it's going to work. But no one there believes it's also not going to work. That's not really my read on the situation. I do think that there is the majority of fans that still believe that this is going to work out. Are there more fans now than a year ago that maybe don't believe it's going to work? Sure. But I still think that that represents a pretty small faction of the fan base. I'm still trying to understand what Paul believes. I don't think he like. I don't think he said. What is he, he just talking, or what? What is his opinion? Does he think it's going to work, or does he think it's not going to work? He said he thinks OU fans aren't sure what to think about Brent Venables and how it's if it's going Gosh, to work out I, here. I'm my brain right now trying to wrap my head around what exactly Paul Feinbaum is saying is like the rainbow loop that you get on your Mac laptop when you get a program <laughs> that quits responding. Uh, hell no, says a texter in the 918. So, there you go. Uh, uh, 580, since Brennan Thompson is a Sooner now, my question is, can Gabriel hit him in stride on a deep route? That concerns me. I saw a few of those tweets last night. Well, is uh, Gabriel going to underthrow him since Brennan Thompson's so fast? I feel like it's one of those deals where you're going to have a hard time overthrowing Brennan Thompson. So... And also, he might create enough separation that Gabriel can afford to underthrow him a little bit in some instances when he gets behind the defense. But I, look, I I know people have opinions on Dylan Gabriel. I know that the fan base is divided as to their loyalties and their thoughts on Dylan Gabriel as the quarterback and as the one at the helm of this program. But I... I am willing to bet that this season we see the Dylan Gabriel that we saw in spurts and in flashes last oh, season. I, I, and it I, was like it was interspersed with some missed throws here and there, but from everything that I have heard coming out of the Switzer Center throughout spring football, Dylan Gabriel is a better all-around quarterback than he was at this time last I would year. expect and them I would expect this year to be his best that he's played uh in college football so far yeah no I I mean I I think that for a couple of reasons one I mean you know the experience that he has up to this point 
to you know what he's potentially surrounded with this year. I think the offense is going to be a little bit better. Three schedule, like I, there, there's many things pointing towards. I think he's going to have his best year. Does it mean that there's a zero percent likelihood that Jackson Arnold doesn't take over at some point this year? That number's not at zero. I mean, there is a chance it absolutely happens, but I, I think Dylan Gabriel's going to be – I think he's going to have his best year that he's had. So How far. long is it going to take this fan base to recalibrate their expectations at the quarterback position? That's that's my question because I understand why OU fans are so alarmed whenever they see Dylan Gabriel miss a throw, and it's because in years past they've needed every single one of those big plays to win football games. Because they've been shootouts. They've been firefights. Well, guess what? Every quarterback is going to miss a throw here and there. And there will be times that Dylan Gabriel has a wide open shot or he's got a window and he misses it and everybody's pissed off about it. And I'm sure nobody will want that throw back more than Dylan Gabriel. But again, at the University of Oklahoma, you have been spoiled for the last seven, eight years with the play at the quarterback position. And a guy like Dylan Gabriel, really any quarterback in a robust, healthy, functioning, collegiate, not only offense but team that is on Oklahoma's level, should be able to get away with missing a throw or two every now and again and not have people coming for his head. Uh, there is some Paul Feinbaum slander going on right now. I'm no one here is convinced Brent and OU is going to work, followed by about 10 question marks. There are plenty of fans that believe it is going to work out, including me. Uh, let's see. Pa- Paul Feinbaum's thoughts is like my GPA, non-existent, says Brian in Tulsa. Uh, the recruiting rankings, the recruiting sure indicates it is going to work out or it is working out, says Brazilian Sooner. Tyler from Kellyville says, Paul sounds like that jackass who thought Jackson Arnold was going to flip to Notre Dame because of his Instagram <laughs> post. Very nice, Tyler from Kellyville. Paul Paul, Paul Feinbaum wingnut has big ears, so we're, we're getting personal now with all of this. Oh, boy. Mm. Back to football from the 479. I ain't recalibrating my quarterback expectations. We have Jackson F. That's Arnold. the thing. He could, uh, he, he could fall back in line with some of that elite quarterback play. You know, he can kind of continue on because he does have the most upside uh, that OU has at quarterback right now on the roster. Surely we can all agree with that, correct? Yeah, I'm just curious. If Oklahoma's winning games and winning them handily with nothing more than pedestrian quarterback play from Dylan Gabriel, i.e. what you're getting from him on a weekly basis is 200, 250 yards, couple touchdown passes, no turnovers. Are people going to be able to accept that? Or are people going to say, well, if we want to be able to compete for a national championship, we have to have elite play, not just good play at the quarterback position. Make the move. Depends on what Jackson Arnold looks like if he gets in in the game in certain situations, right? He breaks off a big run, they let him throw it in a couple of spots, and he looks really good, then you'll uh, have a controversy on your hands, I'm sure. Just like you had back in, what, 2021. By the way, OU uh, adds a tight end. Tight end via the portal. Hampton Fay is his name. Michigan State's is where Hampton Fay is coming from. I guess he's a quarterback turned tight end from Fort Worth. This is a non-scholarship ad, but this is a tight on a tight end walk-on that you're adding that it just sounds like this is to add depth to tight end. 
to not make it to where Austin Stogner has to take every single uh, rep at tight end or anything crazy like that. Yeah, and by the time fall camp opens, the Sooners will have five healthy scholarship tight ends. So Hampton Fay is a guy that you do not need to count on seeing on the football field in meaningful situations. However, he does immediately become David Stone's secondary recruiter, doesn't he? Mm, he may be. Ronnie Crimson be in one, the office Hampton with Todd Bates. two. Yeah, better be in the office with Todd Bates right now on a three-way call with Ronnie Crimson strategizing on how they close out David Stone's recruitment. This is why I left Michigan State, David Stone. Uh, you should forget Michigan State as well. Uh, Zion Kearney, we talked about him yep. yesterday. But if you do indeed land Zion Kearney, we're talking about the highest-ranked commit that you would have up to this point. And, and, and by a little bit of a margin, Zion Kearney is ranked uh, the, as the 64th overall player in the 24-7 composite rankings. Four stars, six foot three, 195. Sounds like that's trending very nicely uh, in OU's favor. And that's not just a good get. That's a top 75 get overall at, at wide receiver. And if you lock down Kearney, which I expect very soon, then there's only one more domino that you're waiting on if you're Emmett Jones. And you sit pretty well with that other uh-huh. domino as well. I mean, that's the thing. K.J. Daniels, big fish. Zion Carney, bigger fish. All you're waiting on is the biggest fish, baby. Bryant Wesco, yeah. five-star. CD from Hockley says, ask Nick Saban if he'd take Dylan Gabriel right about now. Well, they may be taking Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. They've already, they've already been uh, rumored with Tyler Van Dyke. They, they like uh, quarterbacks right now with the first name Tyler. So maybe Nick Saban will sign me to play at some point this season. But the rumor is that Tyler Buckner, of course, we remember Tommy Reese is now Bama's offensive coordinator. The rumor is that Alabama is really pushing hard for a portal quarterback. Are you serious? And Tyler Buckner could be a name that they pursue. Are or you Tyler serious? Van Dyke at Miami. Yeah. I, I will Nick, go ahead and say this. And if I'm wrong, I will be happy to eat my words because I try, I do not think I'm going to be wrong. If Tyler Buckner transfers to Alabama, he will never play a meaningful down there. I that would be in Bama's best interest for that to be the case. I mean, that's a that's a pedestrian quarterback right there, man. Less than pedestrian. Yes, I, and Less I know Bama's got a quarterback battle on their hands, and no one really separated uh, throughout the spring between Milrow and and uh, Milrow and Ty Simpson, but. Man, I don't, I don't know if Tyler Buckner. I would take Milrow or Ty Simpson, as well as Tyler Van Dyke, by a country mile over Tyler Buckner. Uh, Malik Murphy is who Alabama should go after. Shh, hey, be, be, be quiet. Text line. Hey, don't shout that too loud. Or Nick Saban's gonna, Nick Nick Saban's gonna catch on to your really good idea there. But wouldn't you rather have Malik Murphy at Alabama yeah, than Texas? Well, yes, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Well. If Malik Murphy's at Texas, Parker, he's always going to be third string there. No one will ever see him play if he's at the University of Texas. He'll be sitting behind Arch Manning as the uh, third string backup. Unless Arch and Quinn get into a helmet swinging fight in the locker room and simultaneously concuss both of each other. There's obviously a chance that that could happen for sure. 405-651-3439. A lot of text to get to. A lot of Cruton still to get to. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas Sathoon, live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans. I got a scenario for you, Parker, for this upcoming football season. Tell me how much you, you love this one. Uh, the scenario is this. USC leads Utah 49-45 to 
with five seconds left, okay? Gotcha. Now, Utah has the football at USC's 15-yard line. Utah drops back. Cam Rising's looking, looking, looking. Fires in the back corner of the end zone. Touchdown. It's Trajan Bridges with the game-winning touchdown for the Utah Utes as they beat USC with no time remaining. Trajan Bridges was just on a uh, visit at Utah. Uh, Yeah, and he's probably going to commit that. (laughs) Oh, man. Trajan Bridges could be a Utah Ute. Would this be his only or last year of eligibility there? I don't really know how that works after the uh, incident. So I I was talking to somebody very, very close to Trajan Bridges a couple weeks ago who told me, hey, it's either going to be Utah or South Carolina, and the, the odds are Utah right now. The strong odds are that he ends up at Utah. Now, I was told – I just completely lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Uh, oh, eligibility. That's right. That's right. That's right. pass to beat USC. No, el- no time left. How many years of eligibility he'd have? I was told he'd have two years left. Hmm. So he could do it back-to-back. Well, I guess he can only do it one yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Dang, because Mule should be in the NFL by then. Uh, and USC will be in the Big Ten by then, too. So – but yeah, Trajan Bridges in all likelihood going to Utah. So he'll get uh he'll get his opportunity. Yeah. By the way, uh it just broke during the break. Tyler Buckner will be taking a visit to Alabama. So we'll see what Alabama does. Uh sounds like they're going after a uh a quarterback via the portal. I don't think Tyler Buckner's their answer, but maybe uh maybe that's what they pursue. Gosh, that's a that's a poverty pickup for Alabama if they do actually go after Tyler Buckner. Now, I agree. Auburn was also thrown out there, and that makes more sense. Auburn is in dire need of somebody, anybody, to play quarterback. Xavier Robinson, in-state running back, uh, going to be committing on May 10th. What's that? OU and Iowa State. And are all signs still pointing towards OU as we're a, a couple of weeks away from that commitment? Yep, things are looking good there for Oklahoma. Skill, Very strong. Skill position spots uh, feels like it's going to be a, a really nice haul. And I, I think that's going to be the case with most OU recruiting classes at running back and wide receiver. But wide receiver, we know it's going to be a really good haul. Uh, running back is still shaping up to be that way. Even though you are in a 1-2 battle with Caden Durham with LSU, it feels like. What about Taylor Tatum? I believe he's a running back, correct? And he dropped like a top seven with OU in it over the weekend. Right, who are the main running back targets that we need to be watching right now? Yeah, the Taylor Tatum situation is interesting because OU was not really pressing there for the longest time, but now – and what was very intriguing amidst all of that was that I continued to hear from sources around Tatum, hey, if Oklahoma actually does like turn up the heat on Taylor Tatum, they're going to be tough to beat. So – I am compelled by that situation. USC and Michigan seem to be the lead two right now for Taylor Tatum. But Oklahoma does have the opportunity to make a big move when they host him on his OV in June. So we'll see what becomes of that. He is top 50 in the 24-7 sports composite regardless of position. Number two in the country at the running back position. And also he's a stud baseball player. Might be a better baseball player than he is a football player. So... You want the next two-sport superstar at the University of Oklahoma? Could be Taylor Tatum. Uh, let's make you roll your eyes a little bit no, here. No, do we have to? I just want to read a quote, and then we could move on. We all know the situation with the five-star defensive lineman David Stone. Here's what he said after his visit this weekend. Quote, I love being back home. 
The atmosphere was amazing for a spring game. I think this trip back was something truly special, end quote. So, the same quote that you heard about, I don't know, 200 other prospects give for their uh, spring game visit. But that's what that's what David Stone at least said about his visit. I just weekend. I get to a certain point. I'm like, why why do you bother putting those quotes out there? It's literally cut and dry. It's what everybody Copy says and paste. about their visit. Sure. Is anybody going to say anything remotely negative about a visit they took? Yeah, to be honest, I didn't really click with the coaches. Well, John uh, Cook just kinda, making fun of the, uh, the the swimming trophies at Texas last and year, and yet he committed there in yeah. the end. So there you go. Uh, the Jag says, did DeMarco Murray go from having lots of good options to now hoping to get maybe one four-star, or am I way off? Uh, you're off. You're off. Because Oklahoma still leads for Caden Durham. I maintain that, as do many others. They're in a really good spot right now with Taylor Tatum. Jeremy Payne is high school teammates with Zion Carney at Hightower High down in Missouri City, Texas. If Oklahoma, Let me put it this way. If Oklahoma wants Jeremy Payne, they'll get Jeremy Payne. And if Oklahoma wants Tovani Mizell, they'll get Tovani Mizell. So DeMarco Murray has his proverbial birds in the hand. He's just chasing the birds that are in the bush before he reverts to the ones that are already in hand. Uh, Frisco Sooner says, just my opinion, but I think the Taylor Tatum kid is the best back in the country. Yeah, that boy good. Ooh, okay. How about that? Best back in the country. Zane says, maybe Alabama getting any quarterback visit is a sign to other quarterbacks across the country to reach out to Bama and consider entering the portal. That's from Zane. That's where Spencer Sanders should have ended up, is what it sounds like, instead of Ole Miss. Let's go to Alabama. Heck, and that's where that Jackson job. Dart should go. Yeah, yeah, or any of the three Ole Miss quarterbacks they have right now, Walker Howard included. Oh, that's right. One of you. One of you should, should have just ended up at, a, at Alabama instead. Hey, Nebraska got a uh, got a big name in Cruton here over the weekend. Yeah, big name. That's for sure. Willis McGahee's son commits to Nebraska, and Willis McGahee's son is not a running back, but Willis McGahee the fourth is a uh, four-star linebacker out of Miami, Florida. I think 24-7 as a, as a three-star. Maybe he is a uh, consistent uh, a, uh, a a four-star by some other services. But Willis McGahee the fourth. It's a name to know. Four-star backer heading to Nebraska out of Miami, Florida. That's a that's a really really good get for for Matt Roll. It's a good get. It is a really good get if if only for the sake of the name. I right, bringing in NFL legacies to help prop your program up heading into year one and get people excited about the recruiting hall. And doesn't look like Nebraska's getting Dylan Riola, man. So at this Georgia? point it becomes – Georgia, the yeah. – the, oof. Yeah. Mm. Georgia. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Kirby Smart all of a sudden uh, getting a five-star – or, well, I know he's gotten a five-star quarterback before and it hasn't worked out, but Dylan Riola probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, Dylan Riola is no Brock Vandegrift, I'll put it that way. How big of a get would it be to get former Buffs Jalen, is it Sammy Samai from the portal, defensive lineman at six foot six, three hundred and thirty pounds? Here's the deal. Here's where I'm at with anyone from Colorado currently in the portal. Don't want him. I don't. Yeah, I because I, I feel like that's mostly they weren't good enough or not going to be good enough to play at Colorado this year. I just like could OU use a big body in the middle of their defensive line? Of course, sure, but 
if they're being kind of processed out of Colorado right now, that's not really somewhere I want to go. Especially, Parker, someone, and I don't know if it's the case with him or not, but someone who's got two, three years left of eligibility because though it would be nice to have that guy right now, I don't want to be stuck with someone giving out a scholarship to someone for the next three years who's not really even good enough to play at Colorado at this point. I don't think you want to put yourself in that situation. Yeah, and people will point to the fact that the kid has started 36 games at the collegiate level, and my rejoinder to that will be, okay, he's started 36 games for a team that's won, what, like five games over the last three years? 1-11 a season ago? There's a reason Deion Sanders is pushing all of these players out up at Colorado. There's a reason why you're seeing this portal exodus, and it's because Deion Sanders has to flush a roster. Colorado was 1-11 last year, and you can make the case that they shouldn't even have won the one game that they actually won. So, with that in mind, a lot of the guys that Coach Prime will be parting ways with are guys that are quite simply not good enough to play the caliber of football that he expects Colorado to play. 405-651-3439. More Cruton, more OU football next right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McCombus and Thune. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Uh, recruiting rankings as it sits right now according to 24-7 Sports. Ohio State with the number one class, Georgia at two, Michigan at three, LSU at four, Penn State at five. You've got OU at 28, just outside the top 25. And I don't know, if you get someone like Zion Kearney uh, at some point in the very near future, you're going to be well inside the top 25. Uh, I am. I can just see the top 50 right now, and I don't see USC. i got to scroll all the way down to 61 to find USC, which it's still very early, but... Heard Muleshoe on with Stephen A. Smith saying, ah, you know, recruiting to L.A. is like a no place else in college football with everything that you have to offer. So everyone's under the assumption that he's killing it out there at recruiting at SC. And he had a good class last year, but this that wasn't his best class that he's ever landed before. No, it wasn't. And he got some playmakers, no question about it. Zach Branch is a dynamo. Tackett Curtis was one of my favorite prospects yeah, in good. the entire country at the linebacker position. And Malachi Nelson's a really good quarterback. I just – it feels – and we talked about this in the 12 o'clock hour, Steel United. It feels like especially bringing in Bear Alexander, Muleshoe's pushing all his chips in the middle to try and put together a playoff team here in 2023 with the expectation and the realization that it's probably not going to happen for him after that because you're not going to get a guy that can – put a team on his shoulders, put a program on his shoulders, even with personnel shortcomings across the board, the way that Caleb Williams can. Any uh, main takeaways the Tuesday after a big visit weekend? Major takeaways at this point, no. I mean, Oklahoma set themselves up in really good position with a lot of 2025s that were in town, building early relationships there. DeCorian Moore, the five-star receiver from Duncanville, the number one receiver in the 2025 cycle. That's a guy that it seems OU is trending early for, which is great news if you're a Sooner fan. But I think by the time Zion Carney commits, which shouldn't be too much longer here, I wouldn't think, a matter of days, then you're going to have four commits that you can directly tie back to the weekend of the spring game. And you will have set yourselves up with Several others in the 2024 class are probably going to loop back around to Oklahoma for an official visit, and some that have already announced they're going to do just that, i.e. Joseph Jonah Ajonye, 
Nigel Smith, what have you. And especially getting those three together, Smith, Stone, and Joseph Jonah-Jonier, that was really, really good for Oklahoma because uh, those three talked a lot on Saturday about the possibility of playing with one another. Yeah, it's just it's it's trending towards having a really nice uh, defensive line class with the uh, three that you mentioned that were in town this weekend, amongst some others as well. By the way, you just threw in a uh, crystal ball in the middle of the show. Didn't even let me know. Oh, crystal was ball. it the, yeah, the Trajan Bridges? Trajan yeah, Bridges well, to Utah. The crystal ball in the middle of the show. How about that? What if I would have told you that four years ago? Three years ago, right? Hey, Trajan Bridges might finish his career at the University of Utah playing against, in the same conference, the current head coach that he has at OU. It's pretty wild. But at the same time, college football is a lot different. OU is going to have a former Oklahoma State Cowboy and a former Texas Longhorn on the roster. And not only will they be on the roster, but Trace Ford might start for you, and we'll see what role Brennan Thompson has within the offense this year. But sounds like when Trace Ford's been healthy this spring, he's looked, uh, he's looked real good, or at least when he's been out there. He's looked really good. Nothing – I don't know that there's anything I want more. Nothing compels me more than the idea that Brennan Thompson could score in the Red River Showdown this year. All I want is that. Trace Ford has a strip sack fumble recovery for a touchdown. Brennan Thompson has a touchdown in the uh, OU Texas game. That would be storylines galore, would it not? Trace Ford, a guy that sacked Jalen Hurts at one point in his collegiate career. He's been around for a bit. Things you never thought you would see. An Oklahoma State transfer and a Texas transfer coming to Norman in the same offseason. Bob Stoops will join us at 3.20 next hour. Be sure to tune in for that. The Rush is coming up next.